0: Mm-hmm. Do you credit Coldstone for like your uh, your monster forearm muscles that you use to like swing from ring to ring?
1: <laughs> it started, yeah, that's where it started. Because like <laughs> that's, I did that for two and a half years. I was, you know, just doing the at the Double end of the scoops. Day, I'm, up, I'm like, uh, I couldn't move anything. Uh, but yeah, cool. like that's it was it was a lot. And I noticed at the end of the, my time there, I'm like, holy shit! I'm like, okay. I can see the veins in my arms. All right.
0: Yeah. Coldstone. <laughs> being a cold stone ice cream uh what the, is it ice cream chef? Is that what they call you? I don't know what they called us. Um, I think we were just employees, just <laughs> just another like in the wall. <laughs> it's like uh low temp hibachi for beefcakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Welcome to Growing Up Christian. I'm Casey, and uh, Sam is not with me at the moment. He was uh, involved in in an accident. He was piloting a a small Zeppelin somewhere near the Canadian border. And uh, I say Zeppelin. It was actually, it's like a, it's it's a Mylar balloon shaped like Spongebob that just has a a lawn chair riding underneath. And uh, he was shot down by an F-35, so I'm sure he's fine. He'll be back uh, almost guaranteed. But I just wanted to jump in and say hey and tell you a little bit about our guest this week, Josh Wag, or uh, as you might know him as the Death Metal Ninja. So Josh is a former and current contestant on American Ninja Warrior. And uh, he's, a, he's a pretty interesting guy. So he reached out to us a little while ago. Um, you know, Sandy liked the podcast and told us a little bit about himself and how he'd been competing in this, uh, on this show. Um, uh, it was funny cause he, uh, after we finished recording the episode, you know, he had found us because, uh, he, he saw my wife, April's, um, uh, episodes that she did for the, sh- with us, you know, cause she's done a couple of things with us. He was following her page and, uh, found us through that. So we're, we're talking after the show and he's like. So uh, how do you guys know April Gloria? I'm like, oh, well, she lives here. <laughs> He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, she's she's my wife. We're, we're married. So it was kind of funny. But uh, Josh is an interesting dude. He grew up kind of in the ministry. His family was sort of in and out of the ministry, mostly in. Um, they did a stint in the mission field in Venezuela. And then came back and his dad worked with a church in Fort Collins. Things kind of went south. It was a little ugly. We get into all of that. And then he tells us a little bit about, you know, how he got into doing American Ninja Warrior. He also does like a bunch of fitness training and a bunch of other things. In fact, he's got a link tree. I'll put a link in the description to it so you can see. But he does a number of different things. Sponsorships. Um. He's got merch, and just like in the past week here, he got confirmation that he's going to be on this next season of American Ninja Warrior, and so you get to see him again. Uh, you'll know him by the—he's got the the full on death metal corpse paint on when he's running the obstacle course, so it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, very cool guy, fun to talk to. Great episode. I think you'll—I uh, think you'll laugh along with us at some of this stuff, and yeah. It's a good time. If you like the show, leave us a review wherever you listen to it. Share it with a buddy. Uh that is, you know, we're we're always surprised at like how many people listen to the show. And, and and I mean, we really haven't I mean, who how do you advertise for a podcast? I mean, it basically is all just kind of word of mouth and stuff like that. So appreciate you guys and all you've uh you know, all the times that you've shared the, the show and showed us to other people and written reviews. All great. Thank you very much. And if you want to jump in on the conversation, talk to us directly and some other really cool people that have been through a lot of the same or, you know, more horrific things, you can join our Discord. So you'll find a link to that in our link tree. Check our Instagram bio and you can get to it from there. We've had quite a few new uh new joinees lately. So it's fun to meet some new people and uh, welcome them into the fold and, you know, dump dump the memes out of their phones hold it by the ankles and just shake them out so all that being said i hope you enjoy this episode and our conversation with josh wag
2: all right everybody we are back with our guest josh what's going on man what's going on guys happy to be here how are y'all doing doing well dude doing good uh, this will come out quite after the holidays but yeah as of right now we're all gearing up for them i suppose
1: Yep, I'm right next to my Christmas tree. I got as much done as I could this week, and that's you know
0: all you can do. What does the death metal ninja ask for for Christmas? Like spiked pauldrons and <laughs> <laughs> white and black paint? Yeah, I asked for the
1: uh, the little like armbands that have spikes all over it, collars Perfect. and stuff. <laughs> no, I'm I'm I hate asking for anything. I'm not that type of person, and it. When someone asks me, it just I'm like, I don't know. I'm just nothing. Please. Don't make me
0: uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel know. like everybody hates asking for things, but some people yeah. seem okay with like letting you know that they don't like what you got. Oh yeah. oh yeah. As
1: soon as <laughs> like, they get something that they like, they didn't tell you not to get them, but they knew in their head that they didn't want that. But as soon as you get it, they're mm. yeah. mm-hmm. that,
0: I like, hmm. Yeah. That old the... rule of like repeating, like just saying what it is, like oh. <laughs> Maxi pads.
2: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I like the people that out go out of their way to make sure that, like, you know what they want, just in case you were thinking of getting something. Like, there's no reason for that person to get you something, but it's like just in case, you know, one of the things just I really want. Oh my god, that's
1: <laughs> that's so like far gone for me. I hate. I try not to be around those kind of people. Yeah.
2: But, what? <laughs> I genuinely find Christmas well. Okay, if my wife listens to this, she'll just murder me right afterwards. But it's like there's no reason for me to find it stressful. I'm definitely falling into the stereotypical dad who doesn't do a lot of it. Uh, or, and by a lot, I mean pretty much any of it. But um, it's bad. I feels really uh, uh, I don't feel great about airing that one out uh, for the public consumption. But it's we easy used to, to feel better about it. I mean, you can just like do some of it. Yeah. Like I'll have to like, even getting a gift. So my siblings and I do like a swap. Uh, mm-hmm. We just pull a name out of a hat. Well, we don't really use a hat. We use the internet to randomly <laughs> assign people like normal people. But yeah, I'm like, you know, I cannot, even for my siblings. I'm like, I don't, I've known you guys my entire life and I don't know what to get any of you.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what I was just going through. Like, Oh, I'll think I have ideas. And then the more that I kind of like let them fester in my brain, I'm like, no, that's a terrible idea. So more and more time passes. We get closer and closer to Christmas. I'm
0: like, uh, gift cards. That's what we got. All right. Yep. I have a few <laughs> rules for gift giving. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've got, I've, I, I think these are solid and anybody could use these. Okay. Only give guns. Only give- <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: And close. our relationships. I was gonna
0: say if uh, if it's a dude, you can always get him a knife. Like nobody's ever opened a knife and they're like, Phew. like you could give me the worst knife in the world, and I'd be like, ah,
3: oh, okay, I'll presents with present it, why not? Yeah,
0: this will be my master bathroom knife.
2: You know? <laughs> <laughs> just in the case. other rule
0: is like you you look at what the person buys themselves, and you just buy them the most ridiculous version of it that they would feel guilty buying, you know? Like such as like do you have a well like uh, if if somebody, could be anybody, likes eyeshadow per se, you just buy them a ridiculous eyeshadow palette that's super expensive <laughs> that he he or she might feel guilty buying themselves. And it's
1: <laughs> oh, bound a to be a though. That's actually pretty solid.
2: It's like one of my siblings. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the only thing I know that you spend money on is video games, so I'm not sure how I could apply that logic there. (laughs) Madden 2016,
1: yeah, yeah, from like eight years ago. I got you, Madden 2002, the one that GameStop will pay you to take. Yeah, (laughs) like please, just we have like 8,000 of them, just take it.
0: I'm pretty sure they're like insulating their walls with copies of like Madden and NBA 2K, 4K, whatever that is now. Just thousands of copies. They could not get rid of them quick enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's great. So Uh,
1: where, where are you joining us from? I am in Orlando, Florida. I'm really close to Disney, actually. I'm maybe five minutes away from Epcot.
2: Oh, do you get now? Are you a season pass guy at Disney?
1: What's well, I'm in a way. So my girlfriend actually works full time at Disney. She works at the boardwalk. So okay, she gets her, her passes. And then for some reason, I get a spousal pass. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> married to her or anything, but I I get like 18 visits a year or something like that. So it kind of works, but and I'm not the biggest Disney guy ever. It's fun to go every now and then, but I think I'm yeah. just a
0: bit too much. Not when a Disney adult. You train him for obstacle courses. <laughs> no. oh you know, god. you're living on turkey legs from uh, Epcot or something, right? Oh my god, the
1: I Epcot's great. Love Epcot. I could go there and spend a whole day there. But any other park, I'm like two hours, and I'm I'm ready to go home. Like just get me out of there. Like I can have a good time for a couple hours, but. If I go with people that are Disney adults, like some of our friends were there for like 10, 12 hours and it's just stops being fun
2: Dude,
1: 18 passes a
2: lot too. like, I feel like I'm sure there's someone who's just like, it's not enough. (laughs) (laughs) They like get halfway through the year and they're like, what do I, I mean? I'm already out. What am I supposed to do? Pay for it? I went
1: to Epcot like six times last week. I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs)
0: <laughs> dude trying to explain disney world though to people who haven't been before oh my god or like people who have only been to disneyland yes it's it's, it's like a county oh it's my god yeah it's it's a city it's like four cities in florida that are all just like straight disney head to you know like top to bottom
1: it's so and, weird it's yeah, so weird it really it's, all like, it's repurposed swamp so that's literally what it is when Walt Disney was getting ready to build this park it was all swampland like there was just nothing there so he bought all of this swampland turned it into literally just like you could drive 20 minutes and still be in Disney any direction like they have their own McDonald's they have their own gas stations that they charge like 40 cents extra a gallon it's just crazy man
0: yeah it's always the day after 9-11 at Disney World (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> i don't even know what that means i was gonna say so right it was guy? like it was like 20
0: dollar a gallon gas you know
2: oh okay i was maybe thinking about was maybe awesome. the way they feel about people from the middle east or
0: i'm sure there was a fair bit of profiling that went on at disney world like for the next 10
2: years like no i mean aladdin come on dude that was like come on right that's like perfect wasn't it what yeah. was the problem there Nah, nothing. They shut
0: down the Aladdin ride after 9-11. Wait. Shut up. This feels like a bit. I feel like it might be. (laughs) I don't think it's true. Okay.
1: (laughs) First off, my mind went to, is there an Aladdin ride?
2: I could have sold that to you guys. You You could have. I I mean, it's (laughs) on board. It's not like Disney doesn't have a history of being super fucking racist. So it's not like I was like, no, really. Disney of all companies.
3: Damn. Oh my
2: God. So we'll get into your life in a second, Josh. That's okay. uh,
1: I'm here. I'm just here to dick around with you but, guys.
3: It's totally.
2: Fine. <laughs> well, I, so I don't know if any of you watch the show, Atlanta, uh, one mm-hmm. of the greatest fucking shows I've ever seen. Uh, and they, every once in a while, I do these episodes that are unrelated to the plot at all. They're just these standalone anthology type episodes. And in the final season, they did one on this ceo of disney he was like the he was the first black ceo and he basically got the job by accident because they did a vote and everyone thought they were voting for someone else who had a similar name so this guy gets voted in to be the ceo and he was just like an animator that wasn't really given a real shot (laughs) and he's the one who came up with the goofy movie and that that was entirely his idea and this is a true story swear to god true story just you don't even have to watch the show atlanta it, Whoever everyone listening just you have to go to just skip to season four <laughs> google it with well, the episode i don't know the episode number but and it's all about the the black ceo who came up with the goofy who came up with the goofy movie based it on his life and his son and it tried to pull a ton of like racial themes into it and then um he he left like he kind of they found his car crashed. They, they're trying to get rid of him as CEO. They don't get too dig too much into a conspiracy with it, but like he ends up crashing his car and they never find the body. Ends up crashing his car. Yeah, he's like the Disney <laughs> Michael Hastings, but <laughs> he kind of starts to spiral too. So I mean, it is possible he did do something to himself intentionally. Like you, they kind of track his spiral down. Like he starts losing it and kind of like really feeling like he is the characters that he's Man. Per- like. Animating and writing for it—it's it's wild. It's one. Of, it was one of like the most jaw. I was like the whole time you just sat. I sat there and like my jaw dropped. I was like, no fucking way. This holy shit can't be real, but it is. So thanks. You check it out.
1: Easy movie for me, damn dude.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does change. I do want to go back and rewatch it now, though, because it does yeah. change some of the vibe for it. <laughs>
1: I'm just. the Last time I think I saw those movies and I was like twelve or thirteen, and now
2: I think I'm going to go back and just going
1: to be way more way more open now
2: the first one holds up uh Ooh, yeah i've watched that with my kids maybe a year ago and they were maybe a little too young to care enough but i sat and watched the whole thing while they went and played
1: you were like i saw this on atlanta yeah <laughs> <laughs> so
0: excited
2: i don't think i've ever seen a goofy movie
0: what somebody was actually oh just telling me that i needed to watch that that was like their favorite that i need to watch it
2: yeah it's it's So different than any other Disney movie and I like especially with those characters. Like it was like people were blown away that there was gonna be a a movie with Goofy that didn't even include Mickey. It was like that was like one of the reasons that everyone started to be like, What the fuck is wrong with this guy? He was like (laughs) co opting it and turning everything into Goofy. It was weird. Anyway, everyone should watch the episode.
1: And then they had like the Stoner friend who like they all try to go to what the X games together or is yeah.
2: that the-, uh, not the X games? It was like, uh, what's the name of the dude? I don't know. They want to go see that like pop star. He's like a major, he's supposed um, to be like a well, Prince yeah. or Michael Jackson. is what he's supposed That's to be. Right. But anyway, enough about goofy. Let's talk about you. <laughs> that was an
1: excellent segue. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but, Are you an uh, Orlando native or
1: a uh, transplant? I'm a transplant. I've basically lived all over Florida. So I was actually born about an hour and a half north of here in Ocala, which is kind of like a horse farm type area. Um, Wasn't a whole lot going on there when I was born there, but now it's kind of up and coming. So of course, now that I'm gone, it's actually exciting. But (laughs) I I lived there for a couple years when I moved back to Florida with my parents, eventually moved to St. Pete with my girlfriend and then she got a job for Disney so we both just kind of made our way over here and I was super hesitant at first I didn't used to like Orlando at all I just knew Disney World and traffic put those things together and it's just a nightmare and (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised when I got here there's a lot more opportunities and a lot more things that I can do to make something of myself here so I was very very pleasantly surprised
0: that's a big city too oh my god yeah Florida's a weird place because, like, I've spent (laughs) a ton of time there between, like, you know, family vacations and then work. I worked a ton down there for a while. Yeah. But it's so weird. It's like a, I don't know, it's like an avocado. Like, there's the the shell on the outside, like, on the coastal regions. And then there's that, you know, that band that extends from, like, you know, five miles inland to somewhere in the middle where people, the reading level goes up again, (laughs) you know, the literacy rate is like back to normal. (laughs) Yeah. It goes from like cocaine beach resort to true detective. And then back into like normal Midwestern Southern uh, town. I was really
1: interested where you were going with that analogy and it actually panned out.
0: (laughs) I was just trying to
2: avoid onion. Onion's So easy, you know, yeah, that
1: was, that was a good one. And they don't,
2: Incidentally, though, both onions and avocados not good for dogs. <laughs> right ah, you are. That is true. <laughs> so,
0: the did you like spend most of your childhood then in uh, in Ocala? Um. So, I was born there. My
1: dad was a youth pastor at a, a little church in Ocala, and honestly, we left. I was talking to you guys about this before. Like, we left to. Go to the mission field when I was three. So I probably lived there for two and a half, three years. My parents just started deputation. You know, it's like going around getting all the people to support us. We did that for about six months. And then after that, we moved to Costa Rica for a year and a half. And they learned Spanish there. I don't, this was before Duolingo was a thing. So they moved to Costa Rica with some friends, learned Spanish uh after about a year and a half there we ended up moving to venezuela and we were there for about six years
2: dude okay. that is uh, first of all i've never heard the process called deputization uh, oh really yeah
1: yeah, yeah it was, it's we called it deputation we were that was just us going around to every every church that would have us basically my dad would have this not a shtick but like he would have like a pitch talk about a pitch that's the word i was looking for <laughs> and it's i i remember like brief little bits here and there of churches that we would see like just different things that we would kind of go around to because by the time we moved to costa rica i was going on five so it was i have little bits of memories here and there but not a whole lot
2: i think what's neat uh like you said no duolingo like <laughs> yeah you you make that i mean that is like a big commitment there's no, that's a big commitment to be like all right so first we want to we want to be missionaries so we're yeah. going to raise money for six months and then we're going to live somewhere for a year and a half and just learn the language to i think that is really cool uh just to be yeah. able to make that commitment whether obviously my feelings about yeah you know, uh proselytizing <laughs> in other countries has changed a lot but the The commitment level to just go, I'm going to learn this language and then to just really dive into it like that is pretty sick. Uh, I would love, I've, it's just, I feel like that's one thing that people say all the time like, I'd love to know another language. No one really commits to it. Um, But that's, I feel like a year and a half is a short period of time to learn a language and then be able to actually communicate with somebody effectively. I don't know if I even, I don't know if I have that ability in me.
1: I don't think I do either. I feel like that's just a different level of actual commitment, like you were saying. And like, that's, you know, again, whether I necessarily believe in it or not, like that's they were dedicated. They knew what God wanted them to do and they they chased it wholeheartedly and actually gave it a shot like that's jumping into the deep end, too. That's not just like I'm going to go take Spanish lessons here at my local community college for a couple of years. They're like, well. If we're going to do it. May as well do it. Right. We had friends down in Costa Rica. and
2: Oh, okay. So there was a connection there. Is that, um, as far as I remember was Venezuela like their end goal the whole time?
1: Yes. Um, that was, that was where we really wanted to be. And we actually like, we, we had a few friends down there as well and it was actually a, a pretty decent thing that they built. So, um, by the time they'd learned Spanish and done everything and gotten over into Venezuela, we went to kind of like in between the two biggest cities, which was like a Caracas and um, I'm trying to remember the other one, but like there were two major cities. We were kind of right in the middle in just a small little town, but um, we had the only house on the block from that uh, that sweet deputation money. And <laughs> it, goes,
2: it turns out it goes a lot farther in Venezuela. Oh.
1: Oh my God. And gas was like 20 cents a gallon. Cause at that point, Venezuela, that was their, that was their whole thing. I'm sure it still is, but it's always they're not, they're September not it 10th us.
0: in Venezuela. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was the craziest thing in the world. It was like, we had a, we had an Explorer that got like eight miles to the gallon and cost us like $6 to fill up our tank.
0: It was crazy.
2: That's nuts. Uh, so did
0: you guys ever have to, did you have to come home periodically to the U S and like rally support and hmm,
1: that, so I was going to bring this up a little bit later too. Like the, what's funny about diving into all of this with you guys is I really genuinely haven't thought about a lot of this in years. Like it's been such a thing that's so far removed from me that like, it feels like it doesn't really exist anymore. So hmm. now I'm like going back and thinking about all this stuff. Um, Every now and then we would come home. It was more so just to like visit family. It could have been some fundraising stuff like over time, but uh, as far as I know, some of the main churches just kind of stuck with us. I don't ever remember hearing any conversations otherwise. But yeah, a lot of it was maybe once a year we would come back and visit my dad's side of the family, my mom's side of the family, whatever it was, just to kind of bring us back into a little bit of reality. But because it's it's a culture shock. Like it was way different. Like I have lots of weird stories about people that came into our house that my mom was witnessing too. It was just very
2: interesting. Came into your house in Venezuela when you were like, that was okay. But your early child, so your early childhood was all basically international. Uh, You said you were there for seven. What's you moved back when were you like 11 or 12 when you guys moved back? Something like that.
1: Um, I was about nine or 10 when we moved back. Okay. Um, so we got we got to Venezuela, and I was probably four and a half, five, and then I think we were there for about five, five and a half years or so. So, yeah, it was it was very strange, and I'm super lucky that I grew up to not be the biggest dork in the world. <laughs> that, that, that really changes people. Like being out of the country and having no social cues, but your family members like that makes you makes it a little weird if you don't fix it pretty quickly. So I I got bullied just enough when I got back to the States to become like a generally normal person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was still time for uh, the the dregs of society to hammer you back into a a normal American.
1: Yeah, I got my ass kicked a few times and it was uh, probably necessary. (laughs) Was it for trying to
2: witness to people in public school?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, what was even worse was... Um when we finally did come back to the states my my dad became an assistant pastor at a church in Colorado and I'm very excited to talk about them because they did us dirty so <laughs> oh oh yeah
0: we'll but, need names I want the oh, I yeah. want the pastor's Wait, the name oh hey we'll we'll, I, we'll pull an old trick and just put put their name in the episode title yeah
2: <laughs> <there you go. laughs> talk about our dear friend <laughs> So yeah. were you in like a, an Americanized school in Venezuela?
1: Uh, no. So that, that just added to the weirdness of us as kids. So when we moved there, we had already been homeschooling because like we were moving around the whole time we were homeschooling with, uh, I'm sure you guys know this, a Becca book.
2: Oh yeah. oh yeah. yeah.
1: So we were, we were using that. And by the time we got there, it was a little bit more like honed in my mom was actually doing the classes with us and at a certain point they had the really great idea of sending us to a Spanish school that was nearby and just have fun learn the language and I was like (laughs) six at the time wow I think that lasted maybe three weeks and that was it and we're like (laughs) (laughs) I learned nothing I didn't try to learn anything I was like
2: no I think we're good (laughs) That's oh, man. a very, that is not how you learn. Well, I shouldn't say that's not how you learn language because plenty of people that's, immigrate that's here. And that's what tons of immigrant kids have to do their here. To, <laughs> Which is, so my school is um the school that I'm at now. It's like, it's probably only like 20 or 30% white. And then there's like a huge immigrant population in the town. So there's a lot of kids who come in to like preschool speaking it, but it's it's preschool. It's not like you're in like first yeah. or second grade or something like that, but there's a lot of kids who go into the preschool who don't speak English and that's where they learn. That's where they learn English. Uh, but what's kind of neat. And I was thinking about this. Uh, I think about this a lot with like kids and stuff. Cause everyone, you go to high school in, in the U S and they're like, all right, now you have to take two years of a language because that's somehow supposed to make you a better, more well-rounded person. And it's like, I don't, it makes zero sense to me that you wouldn't just like start teaching them another, like kids, another language when they're like in first grade or yeah. whatever, and then just like do that up through elementary school and then call it a day in high school or middle school. But, uh, I didn't think any schools did that, but, uh, the school that I am working at actually has like a dual language program. And huh. as long as you're like doing well, um, with your, like Reading and like, yeah, uh, yeah, God, what's the word? Um, whatever, like the English arithmetic, yeah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, arithmetic, no, uh, but you could kids just, yeah, parents are like, I want my kids to be in the dual language class so that way they can learn Spanish and they're learning it and like starting kindergarten, first grade. I'm like, that is so cool and such a better idea because, especially now, I'm like, I would love to learn Spanish. I feel like once, even after I'm like finished with my uh, master's program. I wanted to start taking Spanish like classes to actually learn Spanish for real. Uh, since it's such a, since it's such a high population of Spanish speaking people at where I work. Yeah. Did you hold on to any of it or, I mean, that
0: was so long ago. I imagine it was tough to keep it.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I had opportunity to learn it. Um, it, I was really young when we were there. So there was just the whole, like, I didn't really try. And yeah. Yeah. So my parents focused more on my sisters. Like they actually like tried to include them on some of the church stuff and like help them like talk to people. So I was just kind of like there. I would just listen. I can kind of like understand. I have the accent. Like I can, I can say Spanish words properly and not sound like a gringo. But uh, when I got back to the States, my mom was a teacher for a lot of our classes in our private school. So there's the private school attached to the Baptist church that my dad joined. So my mom taught English, Spanish classes pretty much every, anywhere that she could fill in. And like you were saying, we had the opportunity to take Spanish classes from like fourth grade to sixth grade. And then uh, for our last two years of high school, we had to take two years of Spanish as well. So I was made to take these classes. I didn't try even when I was given the opportunity and I regret it now because I live in a very Spanish population. Like it's so helpful for my job now.
0: I took like six years of Spanish altogether too and I (laughs) (laughs) I remember like random words like uh, biblioteca (laughs) is library. Chaqueta
3: de lluvia
0: is raincoat, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yep,
1: I know bathroom, and that's about that's about all that sticks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Practical terms,
1: uh huh. But I can say people's names properly. So when people come into the gym and they have a very Spanish name, I can make myself not sound like a total idiot.
2: <laughs> that honestly, uh, trying to say Spanish names. When they, when you hear it with the accent and then you say it back, you're like, God, that was not right. I heard it like, <laughs> like wow, the and whiten- I, felt, I felt like it was about to say it that way. And it did not sound right at all.
0: The, the, uh, the whiteness just kind of shows a little bit every now and then. <laughs> yep. So, okay. So you, you guys come back to the States, your dad's yes. a youth pastor, your mm-hmm. mom's involved in the church. Yep. You're also going to the connected school yep. where your mom's a teacher Yes, just and just like no was. escaping your parents gaze. Huh? No,
1: there, there's no escaping it. Um, So my dad was actually he was the assistant pastor of the whole church. And he was also the Bible teacher for seventh grade to 12th grade. So we I was just with them every single day. I had to be driven to school by them. I saw them for lunch. I saw them for at least two or three classes a day. And it was fine. Like it wasn't terrible but i think part of me just wanted to be the rebellious kid cuz it was my mom so i was just not not into whatever class was being taught but so i was just kind of an asshole in a lot of <laughs> high school <laughs> and that was another thing too is like when i got there i was probably in 4th grade i think that was when i started and that's that's when i realized that i was just a little bit weird just not not like the rest of the kids. It took me a few years to kind of figure that out, and it was such a small school that there was, I believe, nine people in my graduating class. It was. I feel you,
2: you and Casey have a lot in common then. Yeah, <laughs> it was
1: not a great time, but yeah. So, was that so, an
2: Becca
0: school?
1: Um, I think yes for the most part, but I think it was also, uh, I think it was kind of a mishmash. So I remember some Bob Jones stuff. I yeah. Remember-
2: the BJU.
1: Yep. I think they tried to steer away from the BJU stuff cause they didn't think it was as accurate, I guess, or as like <laughs> in line with what they believed, but it was a lot of a Becca. Um, but I will give my mom props. Like she, she was the literature teacher, English, like she had us reading, Things that were not in the curriculum. She had us like actually trying to read classic literature and things like that that I'm sure Becca would have not not been a fan of. Hundred yeah. percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I never did. A Becca. My school was ACE, uh-huh. Accelerated Christian Education, and it was like the structure of ACE was basically like self-taught homeschooling where you just had these little self-contained books and you would do those books in your little cubicle oh yeah grade it yourself like <laughs> i mean we didn't 100, technically 100, have, like, classes. Dang. i got caught uh <laughs> i got caught cheating on that <laughs> had to repeat like a couple of books
1: <laughs> how did, like how would you not the the temptation is there like is that just part of their curriculum to see if you'll cheat
0: if you don't, no. they give you
1: a higher score.
0: I think it's like one of those things where it's like, we're in the end times. Jesus is coming back. Who cares if they it can doesn't read. matter
1: anyway.
2: I mean, look. The teachers there already got shitty to zero salary. Like, you oh. think they want to spend their time grading papers? Absolutely no, they're
1: not. They don't. They're, they don't care. That's the real no motivation.
2: There was two of them mm.
0: <laughs> you know, for a whole school.
2: Oh god. my god. Two. I didn't realize it was only two. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how what did uh how did the other kids treat the fact that your parents were there and the youth pastor and all that kind of stuff? was it I mean, were these other like dorky Christian school kids? Because everybody in my school was.
1: <laughs> yes and no. So it was it I don't know. Everybody there either was going to the church, their parents were going to the church, or they went to something very similar. Um the only kid who wasn't was an exchange student. And, uh, so they, some of them were understanding. A lot of them were just like this fucking nerd. All right. So I, I, I got my fair share of picked on and getting my ass beat a little bit, but it was like, it was the private school ass beat where it was more mental than it was like actually kicking you in the nuts. It was just a lot of, (laughs) it was a lot of breaking you down. Um, (laughs) But I think that was what I needed to kind of become a a well-rounded, functioning person. Uh, But a lot of them were kind of in the same zone, but a lot of them were athletes. So that was the big thing at our school was our sports. And I'm sure, Casey, you kind of have the same story with this if you have like the same kind of setup. Uh, The only thing that mattered was sports. And if you were good at a sport, then you were cool. If you weren't, you're not. And that was me. I was... Fucking two left feet, couldn't do anything, couldn't play soccer, basketball, nothing. So I was not not a cool kid.
0: You haven't, you hadn't broken out of your ninja pupa yet, huh? No, I I
1: wanted nothing to do with any of it. The only reason I started working out in the first place was I looked like Gumby as a kid. Like I'm just like I shot <laughs> up pretty fast, and I weighed like maybe a hundred pounds at like mm, junior year. So I'm like. Five foot eleven, maybe like ninety five hundred pounds. So I'm like, all right, I got to do something to not be a, a stick.
3: So, <laughs> so you, you
0: you were the Larry to my Bob.
1: You know? Yeah,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was I very like to, uh, spherical. <laughs> I would like to see you two on a basketball team together.
1: Oh my god, you you probably don't. It was it was rough.
0: <laughs> I how. played. Yeah, good. How, how many kids were in the school? So was it like one of because like in my school, everybody had to play pretty much or else oh, we couldn't yeah. have a team. <laughs> um, we weren't that bad. We were pretty close to that, though.
1: So I think in total, our whole high school from like seventh grade to 12th grade was probably about 50 people. So it was not a whole lot, but it was enough to have a basketball team since that was like the only thing of interest that you could do. Like we really didn't have any extracurriculars or like things that you could do as far as classes go. It was either on the sports team or you play trumpet in the band. That's it. So we were (laughs) we were very limited. Um, It would have been nice to have an opportunity to take other classes. But, you know, those required Bible classes were very important.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got to take your year through the. okay. So curriculum, when you're talking Bible classes, was it, um, you obviously have to take Bible every year. Did they like theme it out to go through the entire Bible or would you, did they like do the whole, like you would take an entire class on a book? How did they try to even do mm. that in Christian high school?
1: It was, it really just kind of depended on the teacher. I think so. Some were obviously better at it than others. Um, so my dad was one of the pastors or one of the teachers, our actual pastor was one of the teachers as well. He would teach like maybe two classes a week. Um, our youth pastor was one, and he was not the best. And
2: interesting, did yeah. he get double salary? Was he just trying to double dip?
1: I, from what I heard, I don't think double dipping was a thing. I think you just kind of got what you got, and whatever God wants you to do on the side, you got to do it.
2: That was the job. Ju- he's the, he's the youth a youth pastor.
1: pastor. He was probably looking for a wife. Oh, he was, <laughs> was like. Every every church and every private school has those, like, those meaty secrets where, like, did you hear about the youth pastor doing this? Did you hear about the music teacher got caught doing this? Like, there was always those things. Even in, like, the tiny private schools and the, the Baptist churches, there's always those, like, did you hear the youth pastor? <laughs> I won't yeah. spill anybody's tea, like, <laughs> 15 years ago, but... <laughs> You know, there was always those
0: kind of things. <laughs> you know, you didn't recoil and say, oh, no, 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 nothing like that. So, you know, <laughs> we, we, we we'll, just, we'll just take that and run with it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm I'm sorry to do this. Can I have like 30 seconds for a
2: quick bathroom break? Go of for course. It. All right. <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, that's unusual for him. He must have forgot to go beforehand. <laughs>
1: i i was uh fully planned out for this even though the chromebook didn't work like i i have my table set up i have my little ring light i peed before i went I peed <laughs> before i got here i forgot my headphones but i had those charging and ready and yeah i I even got off work early to be here and still forgot my headphones
2: there you thought uh, you you work at a gym
1: Yeah. So I'm a, I'm the studio manager at, it's an, it's called F45. It's like a, a hit circuit training type of workout. Um, I manage that studio and I also coach a couple classes here and there. And then I also, I coach ninja classes at the, uh, the ninja warrior gym that I train at as well.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: A little bit of everything.
2: Yeah. Dude, I keep, I'm like, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, God damn it. I, my, I need, To start moving like my whole body feels like it's betraying me at this point it's not like my pretty like when i was younger i like really fucked up my trapezius muscles it was more like a freak thing like i picked something up and they just like completely seized up on me and i was like for a couple days was like could barely move um and ever since then i've had like that happen occasionally yeah and now it's like it's almost constant discomfort where it's like, Damn. like even just moving like this, I just feel like the pull, and it's like uncomfortable yeah. to move. So, it's like I, I I've thought about doing just even like let me just signing up for like a fucking yoga class just to get yeah. some like, just to stretch like and move a little bit.
1: It's it's so good, just any type of movement in general. um I'm a big fan of like it sounds super douchey, but I really love hot yoga. I. Think it's fantastic. Yeah. Room up to 105 degrees, and you just kind of sweat it out for an hour, and it's awesome. It makes you feel insane afterwards because it's yeah. all like a mental thing where you're like, I just got to push through this. I got to push through this. I feel like I'm going to die, but I got to push through it.
2: And <laughs> time you're done, you're just
1: like on the floor in your own puddle of sweat. You're like, this is nice. I feel good.
0: I don't know what would come out of me in that environment. <laughs> It's just everybody's starts. like it's, it's, <laughs> it it's splat, like a little bit of vomit. It's like so it smells like somebody's microwaving like a nutter butter in here. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, it's my pores.
3: <laughs> I, exc-
0: I excrete little Debbie grease.
1: <laughs> I'm always really, really impressed by Casey's uh his thought processes and his uh <laughs> His, <laughs> His comparisons, they always make me laugh and they're always
2: fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> See, every time it. I hear him start a sentence off with, it's like, I'm like, You're okay. Like, oh, here we we go. Go. All right. Everybody <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> we don't know where we're getting off this ride. <laughs> it's avocado.
1: It's Michael a nutter butter. It's just a good time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, where were we before you went pee? Well, okay, so... There. It
0: sounds like there was some, there was a, there was a schism with the church at some point. Yes. I'm um, sure that didn't come out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> what's the culture at this church? Was it yeah. somewhat toxic? Was there drama like leading up to this point? Did you see it happen to anybody else before it was happening to like your family?
1: Yeah. So there's just a little bit of everything you just mentioned. So, um, it's a Baptist church. So, I'm sure you guys have had your fair share of run-ins with Baptist churches and you know plenty about them. Um, They're very, very strict about what the people on their staff can do. So my dad being the assistant pastor was on the spotlight a lot. And um, he was very concerned that if his kids messed up in any way, then they were going to get fired. So there was always just that constant like, if you're doing this, I'm going to lose my job. If this happens, like they could fire me. And it wasn't like,
2: Oh, took- wow. That's like a weird pressure to put on you as kids. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you know, like, I really, it's, it's nothing that I like hold a grudge against anymore. Like I used to, I used to not be okay with it at all. Like it used to really make me upset. Cause I used to think like, he's never home. He's putting work above the kids. Like he really just doesn't care. That's what I used to think because I was a freaking teenager who just didn't understand the way that life worked so i understand now that he really was just trying to provide and the job that he had was providing and it seemed to be work like it was good for what he had Um, my mom didn't get paid very much but i think my dad got enough to like be comfortable well to be fair she's
2: a woman so she got what she deserved right
1: yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All they're good for is teaching, right? <laughs> so there was that. Like, there was definitely that uh, That kind of looming, I could get fired if this happens. Like, if this ever comes out, I could get fired for this. Because there was just really weird rules for us as uh, pastor's kids. So, like, we couldn't go to movie theaters. We couldn't listen to any kind of contemporary music. We couldn't be caught out you know, going to the mall and holding hands with someone like that, that kind of stuff. So it was just very uptight. Like they were very strict on what you would post because that's when Facebook got really big too. Like that was 2000. How old am I? All right. So that was like mid 2000s, like later 2010s when like Facebook was becoming a big thing. And You know, people would post anything they wanted on there. They didn't really understand what was happening. Um, So my dad all the time would be like, don't post this. I remember I used to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater with my sister all the time. Loved everything about it. Um, That was just like our thing. And there was an ACDC song that was on there that would always get stuck in our heads and we would sing it to each other. And I posted a lyric from the ACDC song onto my sister's Facebook page. And my dad pulls me into his office one day at like 9 a.m. And he's like, what is this? I'm like, uh, a song? He's like, no, that's ACDC. I'm like, okay. I wasn't aware. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) "Take it down. He's like, I can get in trouble. I'm like, okay. I didn't really understand like what was wrong with it or why. Like I I was at the age where I didn't really understand why ACDC was bad or like I hadn't really discovered music,
2: but Tony Hawk hey, Pro Skater was what got me into a lot of it. Dude, that is wicked interesting. Is your so um is your dad are your parents still involved in like church and the and Christianity and stuff?
1: To a degree, yes. Um so they they go to church and I think that's kind of about it. I think my dad teaches some Sunday school to some of the adults every now and then, but I don't think it's like a regular thing. Um, I think after what happened at the church, they really just kind of like, we're not doing this, this way anymore. Like they realized what had happened that the way that they were treated. And I didn't even get to that point yet, but
2: yeah, we'll um, jump back. The only reason I was asking that at all was because it's like, like what curious to think about like what, what his perspective on that would have been would be now like to think about yeah. like how much pressure, because as a, as a per, as a person who needs to hold down a job to take care of his family or whatever, you're just, yeah. like, Oh I'm going to get in trouble if you post that, like this, that, that unnecessary pressure to put on like the church, put on your dad. And, yeah. and that it's like, how can you, you, like, no one can control their kids. It's like, it's funny. Cause you know, on one hand you're like that's fucking stupid that's a dumb way to treat people what church does that but then that's like literally in the bible uh if you're going to be a pastor you need to be able to manage your own household because if you can't manage your household how can you manage a church and they take that one literally and it's like well at least they have some follow through i guess on being literal (laughs) in the bible uh of course only when it comes to putting yeah it's like I, their follow through generally only applies when it's going to potentially ruin somebody's life and make everything <laughs> weird. It's never like they never like hold a mirror up to their beliefs or their inconsistencies. They'll just pick out stuff like that. And it's Not a lot of kids put. will be kids. Yeah, sort of
3: no, there's not,
1: there's not a lot of that. They stick to the gay shit and they stick to yep. uh, pastors should control their household. And the rest is like, nah, leave it up to interpretation. I'll kind of decide what we want to talk about this week. Yeah.
0: Dude, it's funny because like my, you know, my, uh, my dad was, he was never a pastor or anything, but he was always, you know, he was in church leadership a lot. It's just kind of who he is. Like if he's around someplace for long enough, somebody's going to ask him to run things because he's that (laughs) guy, you know? Yeah. And like, uh, you know, in a much less, dramatic and probably like hurtful way like the same sorts of type like I I think those similar sorts of things happened with them where you know it's almost like being in church leadership it's like seeing how the sausage is made yeah and it it I think it makes you jaded it makes you not want to do it anymore yeah it's hard to find the fun in it and I don't know where like some of that comes from but I think a lot of it has to do with people who are like constantly moralizing constantly trying to like reaffirm that their belief system and stuff is like the way and the key and all that there is and people who are like so culturally ignorant but yet so convinced that culture is what's causing like every ill in the world yeah like they're convinced that rock music is like destroying kids lives and that now it's rap, you know, and stuff. Yeah. But like, then you'd sit through presentations where they'd talk about bands from like 30 years ago, as if it's present day, you know, yeah. I'm like, no, none of us listen to none of us know who the doors are, dude. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I have a great story relating to that, actually. So we had at, at least like twice a year, we would have an evangelist family come through and oh. they would have like a week long thing where, They would kind of take over the Bible classes. We'd all meet in like the assembly room and we would all listen to the evangelist, tell his stories and stuff like that. So I don't remember the name of this evangelist. If I did, I would call him out because of how stupid he was (laughs) and how like bothersome his thought process was. But what sticks out to me is he was talking about how the Lord saved him from all of his heavy metal headbanger music. And he goes on to list his heavy metal headbanger music. He was like, I would listen to Queen. I would listen to ACDC. I would listen to Ozzy. He's like, all that heavy metal headbanger stuff, like that was what I was into. And this was at the point where I was discovering, like, like I wasn't super heavy yet. Like I wasn't into like the death metal stuff yet, but I had found like Slipknot. I had found uh, like Bless the Fall and like these like deathcore bands and like... <laughs> So I would, like, kind of sit
2: and listen. I'm like, Queen? That, yeah. That's... Queen's amazing. a bop. Queen is, like... Queen you know, is you, awesome. You play Queen at, like, a wedding, dude. That's...
1: Everybody knows it. Oh, yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> it's it's
1: fantastic. But I wouldn't necessarily classify it as heavy metal headbanging. Yeah. It's like it's like
0: pop. It's bop music. <laughs> oh, yeah. <so> it's, it's, <laughs> it's not it's headbanging. A, it's foot stomping. Yeah. You know?
1: that's, that's a more appropriate way to describe it. But that always... That always just kind of tickled me because like he he came when I was like maybe 12 and he came back when I was like 15. And like Ooh, the... they had a back. Yeah, they had a big hit. more on a
0: circuit, man. Mm-hmm. Did he have did he have kids that he brought along? He did. Yep. What were
2: younger, they like? younger
1: girls, if I remember correctly. Were they in Our...
2: matching outfits and they were floral pattern dresses?
1: Uh huh. They're little like pink flowy dresses and the mom would be wearing the same dress only in her size. It was just a whole thing. They play yep.
0: recorder solos in front of the
1: church <laughs> for special music. I'm sure they did something to that effect. Like it was always just like kind of kind of cringy stuff that they thought was really cutting edge and really cool. But it's like it's the equivalent of being a missionary kid. Like you don't have any social cues, and they don't really understand the real world. And it was very evident,
0: dude. It's I, weird how like when you there's like different types of families that would come through church you know, whether you're talking about missionaries or or evangelists or whatever, you know, and I feel like <laughs> we like laughed a lot about the distinction between people who went as a missionary to a real place that was like <laughs> a totally different culture and they went and yeah. integrated themselves in that place. You know, like mm-hmm. we had a family that went to Papua New Guinea and lived oh, with a yeah. tribe and, you wow. know, translated their language into a written language and translated the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. God. Those kids were cool. Oh, like yeah. they were fun See to be around. Shit.
1: Like they yeah. lived
0: a life. <laughs> and then there would be kids who were like, yeah, we're, uh, you know, our family's missionaries to uh, Belgium. <laughs> You're like, and they right. were always weird. <laughs> <laughs> you are know, like you just figured out your parents just figured out how to be like weird pod people for free in Belgium. Like, You're like
1: where can I go where the people are the whitest? Let's, let's stick with that plan.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The worst part about it is like every 3 years you have to come back and talk like pudgy bible belt people out of like wow. you know one diet coke a week <laughs> <laughs> to support your family.
2: And you have to convince people that what of the work that you're doing. Well, you know, this well, look, we're 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 still working on it. We're trying to get involved in the community first, you know, <laughs> really make connections with people and then that's when you can and start inviting him to your Bible studies. And so it's, a, you know, it's just a slow burn. And you're like, really? You know I'm what? So Hook saying, would right? really enjoy
0: this permanent vacation. You know what Hook yeah. would have worked like in that time period is, is be the missionary family that comes back from like a cool place like that, you know, and be like, yeah, we're, uh you know, we're evangelizing. We're handing out tracts. And with every track we hand out a pocket constitution.
2: They would be like, take my money. <laughs> It says "We the People" on the front of it.
0: Yeah, it's a, we're handing out those little like Santeria candles, but they have Ronald Reagan on them. You yeah,
1: know? <laughs> people, like are like what the hell? <laughs> oh, I my. like
2: the I like the people who. Well, I guess these were the people running the circuits, but like the the people who were so convinced that the church was just no one was on fire for the Lord anymore that they're like we're missionaries to churches. You're like, goddamn, uh, get your head out of your
1: ass. Uh I don't think we ever really came across that, but I know there was people that did not leave the States. And I remember coming across those people or having those people come across our church and we're like, all right, yeah, five bucks a week. Get out of here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay. So it sounds like there was sort of a culture of like, it was like management by fear for the people in leadership there.
2: Very Who was much. driving
0: that? Was it like the deacons? Did they have like a bunch of deacons that were kind of the mm. power center, or was it the pastor that was kind of like the uh dictator figure? Yeah. So it was definitely the pastor. Um
1: we we didn't really have as much of like a deacon presence. Like I I the church that we used to go to in Ocala was very like deacon focused, and they were in all the meetings, they were here to do all that stuff. But ours was really just like the main church staff. It was uh the pastor. Um Am I allowed to say names on this? Is that cool? Yeah. Go for, for right.
2: it. Uh, you can say addresses too, man. Docs whoever you want. Right? It's not a crime. I mean, you can get our Twitter legal. taken down, bro.
1: It, it happened. I'm
2: yeah. not saying anything that's incorrect anyway. So don't release Elon's most recent flight logs and we won't have any problems. <laughs> okay.
1: So I I attended Front Range Baptist Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. And because that's where we moved to after we came back. because my when we moved back from Venezuela, that was when Hugo Chavez kind of became dictator and was like, we don't want any Americans.
3: Yeah. So,
0: I was, I meant to ask you about that. Yeah. So
3: that, so was, you
2: that was, were. You, they were forced to leave or it just became like very um, unsafe.
0: It
1: was very unsafe. And it really became like, uh, we don't want Americans in or out. So if you're in, you're staying, uh, Okay. At that point, like the relations between the United States and Venezuela were not good. They didn't want to export oil. They didn't want anything to do with us. So oh. it just Wait, got. The
2: you know, U.S. has always treated people so well, too. I'm oh, I know. Say. It's
1: really weird, right? Why did this do really crazy idea that we might
0: destroy their economy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're gonna steal that twenty cents a gallon oil and just make it our own. But anyway, we <laughs> we we ended up like cutting our losses. Like we, from what I could recognize, like we did a pretty solid job. Like we started a church, we started a kind of a community around it. We had built people up to where they could take over the church. And by the time we'd gotten there, we're like, it's really not safe for us to be here anymore. Our friends that were also missionaries in the general area were doing the same thing too. So we cut our losses and a guy that my dad used to go to, Pensacola Christian college with started his own church in Fort Collins and invited him out to be the assistant pastor there. So
0: good to um, catch a
1: flight before the Politburo starts pulling off fingernails. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I was, uh, we don't know like how bad it became. I know a couple people who used to live there, uh, that are like actually born there. And they said, it's still just not great. Like them as Venezuela natives, it's still really hard for them to go back in. So it's just not not a welcoming country from what I've heard. But we we made it back to the States, moved to Colorado, and basically the main people in the church were Pastor Redlin, my dad, uh Pastor Redlin's brother, and the youth pastor. So youth pastor kind of came and went. There was a couple different changes over the course that I was there, but uh the last one that came through when I was kind of in my high school days was Not 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 a fan. Let's let's put it that way. But (laughs) basically, it was it was what I was mentioning earlier about them being very uptight with what your kids can do. Um, They were very strict on the way that your kids could act. Your kids had to be at certain things. They had to be doing this, doing that. Um, So it just it boiled down to basically the kids being bad influences. That's that's what they told my dad at the end, uh, because. After working there for about 10 years, they fired all of us. And I say all of us, meaning my dad and my mom. So we weren't working for the church yet, thankfully. <laughs> it fires them and you. No. So they they fired my dad and my mom. And they also fired uh, the pastor's brother, who was also kind of an assistant pastor. Uh, reason being, the kids were bad influences. And what that means, what it kind of boiled down to was... My my oldest sister went to visit her boyfriend because she was at Pensacola Christian College. I'm sure you guys have heard plenty about that. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're they're not into letting you have a uh, a significant other of any kind. If you have one, you don't ever touch them. So uh, they got in trouble. Like my sister was in her final semester of her degree, and they kicked her out.
0: None of her Whoa. credits. Occurred.
1: Yep because yeah, she said they're that not a was, real school no no of course not they they kicked her out and none of her credits transferred because she went to visit her boyfriend at the time and it was just like it was genuinely the saddest thing i'd ever heard um my middle sister like had her own <laughs> stuff going on and then me it boiled down to me swearing and posting metal music on my facebook page and that was that was like that was what it was like that they they, they brought those things in front of my parents and said, this is why we're letting you go.
2: Why did they let the, the brother go?
1: Oh, because his uh, again, I don't I don't imagine anybody that is involved in the story will end up listening to this episode. But uh, the one You're of the welcome
2: son- on the show, if uh, they want to retort, that would be, anyway. awesome.
1: <laughs> that would be I don't ex- I can't explain how much fun that would be like all these people who have been slighted by this church. Be like, what's up, guys? Welcome. <laughs> We're here to air our grievances. Um, so one of one of his children was caught smoking weed in the school bathroom. And cool, school and that's bathroom. it. Super clearly, cool. clearly, very cool. This guy
0: got uh, caught once smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he's a terrible father and shouldn't be in leadership.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was, and that's really what it boiled down to was, we think that your children are bad influences on the rest of us, and we're not going to have them ruin the good influences that our church has.
2: Was Did this something them out that, of the church too? Well, you guys like kicked up.
1: I mean, we weren't kicked out of the church, but my dad was fired and it's a small church of maybe three, 400 people. So it's, you guys should
2: have still gone. Your dad should have shown up with you guys every single week and let you just do your thing as a fuck you. <laughs> where you're,
0: uh, where you're pokey pauldrons.
1: <laughs> it was like, I don't know. After that, like I, by the time I was probably like 16, I was already kind of getting out of that thinking. Because like when I was growing up, like I was all in. I was full church, full God, full everything. And I, I started working when I was like 14, 15, like just random jobs. But I actually got to go out and meet people that were not associated with the church. And I think that's what really started me having different like actual points of view, like a normal person. Um I got a job working at Coldstone where I met some of my best friends that I'm still friends with today. And they showed me how to not be a fucking weirdo. And (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to a degree, I'm still, still a little bit on that trend, but um, it was getting to the point, like by the time I was 15, 16, like I was really just kind of done with it. I was just kind of there by proxy. I would just get dragged to church. Wasn't super excited about it. And I was excited that we were leaving. I thought it was a great thing because I just didn't recognize the impact that it had on my family and my parents because like we, we were in a comfortable space. Like we, we moved to Fort Collins to work for this church. Like we brought everything over for this. My dad worked six, seven days a week working for this church. Like I mentioned, like he was never really home a whole lot because he was just doing what they told him to do.
2: what's how fucking ironic is that right like you need to take care of your family and be like raise good (laughs) children but also you're never allowed to be around them because we're gonna overwork you and underpay you i fucking horse shit
1: (laughs) it's absolutely bananas like that's that's the best way i've heard it described like there's you can't do that to people like it, it was the complete opposite of what they're trying to teach like you're we're gonna keep you and keep you busy doing literally every possible thing in the church that the pastor doesn't want to do god forbid he work more than two days a week and let's just put it on him and it was it was just a whole bunch of bullshit and did the pastor uh, have kids he did
2: were they shit bags
1: you know he had one kid and i think he uh adopted him from i think russia So, like, I remember them telling the story of, like, this whole big, like, process of them having to go to Russia and, like, meeting him and, like, coming back and forth and eventually getting him. And it's just, like, there's stuff that happened with him, too, with, I'm not going to, again, like, air out that kind of stuff on here because it's, you know, somebody else that I'm still, like, generally okay with. I kind of talk to every now and then, but based upon their standards, the pastor should have been fired.
2: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what, that's where I was going with that line of thinking. Is like he, I'm sure he found a way to insulate himself from the same standards. Oh, what and da?
1: get this—he is now the head pastor at Pensacola Christian College.
0: This so guy he is. to
1: the church, and now he is the head pastor. Oh, oh well, man,
0: we could probably uh, find huh? some sound bites oh. from this guy, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's what? Mm. what what sticks out. Okay, when you think about this guy. Do you remember any particular things that he said, like whether it was a sermon or something he said to you individually? Because I imagine he had some ridiculous thoughts on things.
1: (laughs) All in all, I, like I said, like I haven't really thought about a lot of this in such a long time. It's been just out of the back of my head. Um, He was, he felt normal. And that's what was weird about it. It He felt like he was the down to earth, He was like the understanding pastor, like he gets everything that's going on. Um, He may not agree with everything that happens, but like that's just kind of how he played himself off as. So I don't really remember any big sermons that stuck out. I don't remember like anything crazy that he would ever have said, but I just remember that it was, especially after we left, there was just a lot of hypocrisy that came from him, that came from his family, that came from uh, the situation that happened with us and then with his brother, like it was just... It was crazy. There was just every possible thing wrong with it was wrong. And he's still doing his thing, still crushing those sermons in front of thousands of people that are brainwashed into thinking they can't ever
0: touch a a member of the opposite sex. Dude, it's that's such a like being a pastor is such a strange job and it attracts like us it, it attracts a few different kinds of people. People like it's us. A- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's almost like uh, it's almost like cops in a way. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you've got no, like thing they do. Yeah, it's like small town cop that's, you know, just a kind of a community guy that, you know, is fine. Like he's just there to help out where he needs to and stuff yeah. like that. There's also like psychos. Oh, psychos yeah. in two ways. Like there's the guys that are just like hardliner religious psychos that are Mm -hmm. you know fundamentalist like nut jobs and then there's guys who are psychopaths that cloak themselves in that you know that just enjoy the control and the uh the authority that the position gives them that was my youth pastor (laughs) oh the one that you didn't like Uh uh-huh he was fresh out of uh west coast baptist
1: college you guys hear about that one no familiar with
2: west coast No,
1: there was a a school in California. He was literally like 22 when he came over. Man was young and loved the position he was in. But anyway, continue with your thought, Casey. Sorry, I just like to kind of go off and
0: air out my grievances, too. No, no, that's 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 really that's it. You know, it's just like you think back on all the different pastors that you knew and there was good ones. like I was lucky. I mean, my pastor was a great dude. He's still a great dude. But then we had like these guys around us that were nuts. Yeah. I had a, I had a youth pastor for a while that I'm sure he's fine now. Yeah. But he was a young guy that was just like brimming with confidence and ready (laughs) to like, just shake up a group of teenagers, you know? And, and I, I don't know. I mean, we, it, it, it really like sucked the fun out of all of the youth stuff, which was our only social outlet yeah yeah but i don't know what what do you remember some things that like that youth pastor did that like really stained your perception of him
1: yeah um he was he was like the typical jock and you know i was i was not into i was not into sports i wasn't into any kind of physical activity so uh all that they ever wanted to do was just kind of build some kind of ministry around sports which (laughs) it would turn into like we would do like lock-ins did you guys ever do lock-ins at your schools yeah so what would turn it like start off as like we're gonna have this like first half hour of gonna talk to god we're gonna talk a little bit more about this about that about being a teenager then we're gonna go play some games we're gonna come back and pray we're gonna go back and do a couple more games like it started off as that. And then the entire night would end up being something sports related that they just couldn't stop playing because the youth pastor got too into it. And I remember he tore his ACL once because he was like, it <laughs> was trying oh my to play God. lacrosse or something with the, <laughs> the teenagers. Just and, reliving
0: the glory days.
3: Oh
1: yeah. Like that was, that was the only <laughs> thing he had going. And I, <laughs> I, yeah, lots of vivid memories of that, but it was, he he would disguise himself as like I'm doing this for y'all. I'm doing this for God. Like we're we're out here. We're getting together for the Lord. And then it would just turn into six hours of lacrosse or playing basketball for three hours. And I'm like, all right, well, worst things I could be listening to. So
2: lacrosse, bro is such a such a thing. It's like <laughs> a very clear cut stereotype.
1: Well, what's worse is he. Like we couldn't, our church was so small, we couldn't afford lacrosse equipment. So we played milk jug lacrosse. That's where you take a tennis ball and you cut the top or the bottom off of a milk jug and you play lacrosse with the milk jug handle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds insane.
1: It's It's sharp.
2: It sounds like those are potentially sharp. Very sharp. (laughs) Volleyball.
1: A lot of sharp edges. A lot of people getting hurt. A lot of people like me who just didn't try to play and then we'd get yelled at and it was just a good time.
3: <laughs> the last that, church was a big that thing I... too.
1: like i would just get yelled at because i'm like i don't feel like doing this and they're like that's too bad kind of hop in i'm like okay just kind of run for a little bit like i'm done yeah Ugh. it was the... it was less about god it was more about
0: him trying to prove that he's an athlete <laughs> <laughs> dude the last church that i was at all affiliated with for any period of time like my family went there and i went there some i was kind of like they left the church that i had been in forever and went to this new one and i was kind of like protesting it so i would go to the old church yeah nothing to do with anything spiritual it was just like that was my comfort zone and i knew everybody there and stuff yeah. but the the pat the youth pastor at this last church that that you know i went to with them he was, like, really... I did not like him. And I don't know that there's anything particular that he did that, like, was bad or anything. It was just one of those guys that, like, you talk to him and you're like, this guy has no interest in me or in this youth group or whatever. Like, he yep. worked for the church full-time, but, like, he was also the volunteer, like, coach at the f- the local high school. Mm-hmm. So, like... I don't know. That was like what his passion was, was like teaching this high school football team you oh, know, that yeah. he didn't get paid for. And then he had to go back and like do the youth group stuff. And he seemed like he resented it. Yeah.
1: And he's also not getting paid for the youth group stuff either. It's just kind of all lumped together. Yeah, <laughs> He's just living off of hot and ready pizzas that they throw away at midnight. <laughs> Our first youth pastor, anytime we would have a uh, some kind of outing, like he would actually try to make fun outings for us. Like we'd go mountain biking or something fun. The only thing, the only provisions he would bring for like a full twelve hour day was Mountain Dew and uh Paydays. That was the only thing that he would bring. Mountain oh <laughs> Dew and, and Paydays. Live off of Paydays and Mountain Dew. <laughs> but he actually tried. I will give him that. Like that first one, like he he made an attempt. It wasn't great, but he tried.
0: <laughs> oh God. So, yeah. so- where did uh like so you said at sixteen that's when everything started uh yeah. turning for you. Mm-hmm. Do you credit Coldstone for like your uh your monster forearm muscles that you use to like swing from ring to ring? <laughs> it started, yeah, that's where it started. Because like <laughs> that's
1: I did that for two and a half years. I was you know just doing the at the Double end of the scoops day, I'm up. I'm like uh I couldn't move anything. uh but yeah, cold. like that's, it was, it was a lot. And I noticed at the end of the, my time there, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, okay, I can see the veins in my arms. All right.
0: Yeah. Cold <laughs> stone. Being a cold stone ice cream. Uh, what are the, is it ice cream chef? Is that what they call you?
1: I don't know what they called us. Um, I think we were just
0: employees. Just, <laughs> just in like, the wall. <laughs> it's like a uh, low temp hibachi for beefcakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah yep, because they would come out of the freezer just fucking rock
1: hard like you you had to like just dig one in and like hope you can kind of get to the softer stuff on the middle it was it was not easy i remember like the a couple girls that we had as employees there that were like a hundred pounds, like five four, and would like try to scoop ice cream and it was just like it was rough, man. <laughs> then
2: you have to slap it on a cold slate and mix it up. <laughs> like a it is. It's like uh it's like watching someone work a hibachi grill case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And no, it was no the onion volcanoes thing. there. It was the most demeaning thing in the world because I don't know if you guys remember this period of Coldstone or if it's still a thing, but we had to sing if someone would tip us a dollar or more. You guys remember that shit? I would never tipped a dollar
2: thing. or more. So I. Oh, don't know. <laughs> nice.
1: First off, you're an asshole. Secondly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, yeah, what so, did you have this thing before they had the uh, before they would flip a uh, square device at you and ask if you want to tip? Um, 40- yeah. 35 Mm -hmm. or 30 percent every time you buy something (laughs) for this
1: (laughs) four dollar ice cream (laughs)
2: plus
1: eight dollars nine dollars or twelve dollars we'll look at you poorly if you don't tip any more than 12
2: yeah thanks it's like really cool how these giant corporations are looking at poor college kids to subsidize their shit wages but
1: oh yeah i mm, i get uh even buying stuff online now it'll be like would you like to tip 10 15 20 percent we really appreciate it i'm like i don't fucking know you i don't get to see you in person i feel like that's the one thing separating me from tipping somebody is me actually like seeing them do work instead of just some poor like 12 year old girl in china bagging up my amazon package and
2: (laughs) shoving it i pay to watch that's it
1: (laughs) that's what i pay for yes in the
2: bag slowly slow slower slower (laughs) you earned your tip today
0: (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, Sam never ordered ice cream. He would just go in and order like four sides of nerds. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was that person. I would pack up a cup full of gummy bears after my shift every night and just walk out with it because it was just free candy. And <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it. <laughs> there was there was a time in Coldstone where if you got tipped a dollar or more, you had to ask the customer if they would like a song. 80% of the time the person was like, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, of course not. But then there were those assholes who were like, I got a you. so <laughs> us being 17-year-olds, we're like, okay. So every song that we would put together, like we would arrange our own masterpieces. Like we would put music together. I remember we had a cold stone version of the Family Guy song, we had uh, a Christmas song, we had uh A version of I like big butts and I cannot lie. We did a little bit of everything. It was all very, very interesting for us as 17 year old kids. Are you going to think about the idea that there's like,
0: (laughs) can you imagine? There's got to be like a team of uh, like, marketing people making like 80 to 100 grand a year somewhere sitting in a room writing (laughs) cold stone apologetic songs
1: writing dog shit songs meanwhile these like 16 year olds who are kind of in a band but not really are like let's let's do it to a family guy song why not what's the worst that could happen and like we actually got paid really well for that like it was it didn't seem like it's not a lot now but at the time when you're 16 going home with like 50 bucks and tips every night you're like, holy shit.
3: Like Damn, I'm doing, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, it was worth it to sing. I guess my when I went in and dropped off a resume, the asshole behind the counter was like, "So you know we sing here, right?" Like he wasn't even the boss. He wasn't a manager. He was just there. I handed the resume. He was like, "You know we sing, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think so." He's like, "Sing something for me." I'm like, "Uh," and I went in with my mom too. Like my mom was with me, <laughs> and he was like five, four. Three, I'm like, ah, 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 like my heart was about to explode. So I sang him,
0: you are my sunshine to a 21-year-old college kid. <laughs> it's wonderful. That's like, uh, that's like, you know, applying at Lehman Brothers and the guy's like, sell me this pin.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that was the equivalent of it. It was like, how badly can I make this kid shit his pants before he actually gets a
0: job making less than minimum wage? <laughs> see i i i have a theory that like cold stone nowadays is kind of like a cultural and economic barometer yes like you can tell where can where a town is by how well their cold stone's doing if it's going out of business that's a town on the rise you know that's uh they're about to get like some Froyo places or maybe like the rolled ice cream places oh yeah Mm -hmm. like they're advancing they're kind of like headed towards austin's stage you know if they're if they're just getting a cold stone, like it's opening up right now, you know, it's, that's that's, going to be, uh, it's it's not in the best area. That's like,
1: did you guys ever hear of the comedian Pete Holmes?
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: He has a bit about like him being in a sketchy area. And he was like, I'm not proud of this. He's like, but I did the whitest thing possible. And I, I wanted to figure out how can I get out of this sketchy area the fastest? He's like, so I Googled Barnes and Noble and it worked. He was like, "I got out of the sketchy area. I got into a place where I could have a scone, and I just felt safe." <laughs> I'm like, ah. I feel like that's that's what a Cold Stone is. Like, if you if you go to a Cold Stone, you know that you're next to a Publix. You're next to like a very nice bank. You're in like possibly there, a
0: Red Robin,
1: possibly a Red Robin somewhere nearby. There's here's like something in the-
0: decent. In the Great Plains States, that's like, uh, you know, if they're getting a cold stone, it means that like the town is about to stop having to buy their groceries at Family Dollar.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. there, That's that's Ocala. That's parts of Ocala.
0: <laughs> that's where I was born.
1: There's like, it's just, it's scary. There's, It's a scary white person type of area where that's like, that's the one thing I'm scared of is like the really, like the white people that live out in the boonies. They only shop at the Dollar Tree. That's the only thing they have around them. They get their gas from a gas station that's twenty five miles away, and they live in their trailer out in the middle of nowhere.
2: Swap that's, people things. What's the one people. with the
0: sign? Is that Dollar General? I think it's uh, Dollar
1: General. The one that looks like a Waffle House sign. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude.
0: It is. It is the scourge of America. Uh huh. Like, and they they're keep putting them in down. everywhere. They're everywhere. I don't know how they make money. I
1: don't know how they stay in business, but there are millions of them. Dude, every one of them
2: sourced product.
0: (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) No, it's, it's a, it's a place where like, it doesn't matter if the building is like, we just got like a brand new one in like one of the towns between me and Wichita. It's like right along the highway. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's brand new. Like it's two, it's less than a year old. And you walk in the door, and it's like you're going through a like a portal in time. Like you're <laughs> stepping back into 1982, and you're in the worst grocery store you've ever seen. <laughs> That's it's like what I going into CVS.
1: You're like, there's still carpet on the floor. Like, what the fuck is this? It's it is- like this dollar
2: store. It's this <laughs> dollar. It's like the dollar store is brand new, but the vinyl squares are already peeling up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah they got there's yellow ceiling tiles out on the sign. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get approached to buy crack when I leave this dollar store.
2: Yeah, you got you got yellow puddles on the ceiling. It's like they installed them that way. <laughs> well, that's where they save the money. They like all the ones that other businesses replace. They buy all the ones that have the water damage on them. Yeah, we got a deal on this
0: carpet from, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> it's like the one with all the little boomerangs on it from like the movie theater that closed down
1: (laughs) that's that's how i feel about cvs it's like the really scary looking carpet that you know is repurposed from somewhere else you're like Like church carpet in here yeah that's exactly what it is cvs is is interesting though
0: yeah go ahead cvs is dollar general at whole foods prices because everything's comparisons
1: <laughs> my god <laughs> that was spot on what the hell was yours uh was your church was it like an old place so it, that's how it started off as so when we first started there we just had like the regular school building and then there was like the auditorium attached to it it had like the old organs set up across the back it had like the baptismal that was somehow placed in the wall it had like the choir area that could like be broken down. It was, there was a whole like backstage area type of thing, but it could fit like maybe 200 people. Like it was pretty small. I don't know what kind of money they were making or how, but they had like, they had an expansion that they did. It was an auditorium mixed with uh, like a basketball court and they had a big baptismal. So it was all connected. It was like a hardwood, Basketball floor with big bleachers behind it, and then every Sunday people would bring out and set up chairs on the basketball court. The hoops would go up, and then they had a big stage where they would have the pastor start from. They even had like the modesty railing for the people up in the choir, and it was it was just super weird, and it was way too nice for the amount of people that we had in that church. Like there was there was something going on. Like the the ten percent that we're given is not funding all of this like there is no way there's no way that pastor is getting paid what he's getting paid and we also have enough money for this giant ass building no church way. is
0: laundering money
1: for drug dealers
2: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say they got in early on doge <laughs> they, beat, they beat you to it Casey
1: oh my god is it doge down to like point zero 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 one or something like that something Casey crazy probably hasn't looked care. in a while
2: <laughs> I remember
1: one of my friends.
2: It has two less zeros than uh, the Trump coin, whatever that one. Is.
1: <laughs> I was cackling at you sharing those uh, the Trump NFTs. I was dying laughing. Was <laughs> fucking phenomenal! They were so, so ridiculous. Funny. My friend briefly got me into uh, like he first tried to get me into NFTs, like not NFTs. He tried to get get into like some kind of crypto. And I was like, nah, I don't really want to. But then he gave me 70 bucks. He was like, here, download this app, use this money, buy this NFT. It drops at eight in the afternoon. Go download this app. Go buy this thing. So I bought it. I still have it. It's worth maybe 25 cents now. And I gave <laughs> my friend $70 and I didn't sell it at the correct time, apparently. So it's just sitting in this app and it's like a Deadpool Christmas thing. And I will never touch it again. It's
2: still, it's, I like that, like, take this money, buy this NFT, sell at the right time. And if, it, if you don't make money on it, it's because you're bad at this. And I yes. was smart the entire time.
1: Exactly. He, he made some money on it. Like he made maybe a couple hundred dollars, but he basically was like, here, take this money, buy it, sell it, give me my $70 back and whatever. Like you're going to make a couple hundred bucks on this. So you get to keep that. And it never went past $70. So I just kind of let it sit there. And now we're, mm, my friend is $70 in the hole. Sorry, buddy.
2: <laughs> my, uh, my brother-in-law got into crypto and he ended up there getting this coin because a friend of his, his friend made like 30 grand on it. Yeah, and, there's um, a possibility for so it. he got into it, but then it, it was going up while he had it, going up, going up, and then it dipped, and everyone was like, "Look, this is a temporary dip; it's going to go back up." And everyone was convinced, "We'll just keep holding it; it's going to go up." And it went down, and then it went up a little bit, and then like, "Yeah, here we go, here we go, here we go," and then it went down, and now it's <laughs> now he's probably lost money on it. I haven't checked where it's at at this point, but it was just yeah. like, "God, that is not uh, that did not pan out for you." And he when if he cashed out. When he could have, because it was when he it was over like three or four hundred dollars a coin. Yeah. Um, and now I'm just I just pulled it up. It's worth 100 now, but I think he might have got into it at like he Which got into it when it? it was over 100. So yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> Which one is it? uh, this? Is uh Quant? Oh, yeah.
0: That's, okay. That's oh, to be smart enough to play cool. a uh a market bubble. Yep
2: i think that's what's weird about it it's like being a
0: rube that's on the other side when it pops like i am every
2: time actually i guess quant is looking actually better than i thought oh no that's not that great Uh, yeah because the the usd on the side is going up one dollar at a time so that graph is uh not that that interesting um but yeah i don't know i feel like if uh that's what's weird about calling it a currency is like A currency is used to buy things. Like, how do you call it a currency when everyone's intention for it is to like buy low, sell high, and then never actually buy anything with it?
1: Yeah, they're just they're the amount of times I've heard people just say like, just hold, just hold it. It's it's gonna be okay. Just hold it. I'm like, all right, shut the fuck up.
3: (laughs) Bunch of those. To me,
1: it's literally it just feels like Vegas. Like, yes, yeah. Go to Vegas and you're like, oh, I'm doing great. Let's fucking keep going. Let's more. Let's ante up, man. And as soon as it starts coming down, you're like, no, 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 it was doing okay. I, if I just keep going with it, it'll be fine. And then it just tanks. You lose thousands of dollars. You're like, well,
0: <laughs> learned my lesson. Yeah. yeah, you really have to be a senator to make money on the market.
3: <laughs> 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 What's, oh that's boy! Terrifying. So what, what, we went on a what wild. Happened
0: with, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> <Damn>. What happened with? Yeah, damn, happens. <laughs> so. What uh, what was the breaking point for you where I mean, I guess, where are you now? Like, are you are you mm. still spiritual in some way or another? Are you completely out? Like what happened? There? Um, I have I think I, I've gone back and forth Um,
1: when I was kind of like 16, 17. I was all just I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want this in my life at all. I was just kind of there because I had to be. Um, when my parents got fired, I doubled down on that. I'm like, fuck all of this. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with the church. I'm never going to church again. I don't want to listen to anything that these people have to say, especially fuck that church. And that's just where my head was at for a while. Cause I was still in, like, I was still in my angsty, like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with you people. Um, at this point, I think I've kind of gotten to like the agnostic area where it's, it's kind of like aliens. You're like, there could be a God. There could be aliens. I don't know. It's a possibility. It makes sense in some things, but that's, I think that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any proof otherwise. I don't think that I'm super cool for like being super atheist. Like I don't think talking down on someone who believes there's a God is making me a cool person. It's just, I think where I'm at is like, just be a fucking nice person. Just respect people. Don't be an asshole. And I feel like that's what we're here to do in the first place. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think if a God is real, I don't think he wants you to fire people from your staff because your kids listen to metal or because your sister went to go visit her boyfriend. It's it's all just a bunch of bullshit. And they every every denomination thinks they have it right. I don't think any of them do. I think it's all just a mishmash of everything. I think that's just kind of just be a good person, make make someone else's day better, make make the world better for anybody. I think that's really all that it kind of boils down to.
2: Yeah, it feels like the um, like there it's it's like there's always the back and forth uh, on the way out. It's like you have you almost have to go through that angry, yeah, this is all fucked up phase, and then you see people doing it right. It's like, it. it you can see people doing it, it fine. You can see people doing it bad. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it is weird. Like when you have to navigate that and then, but landing on the general agnosticism, it's like, it's once you, if you, if you're in it and you feel like that sense of spirituality, like you really legitimately feel that connection and, and feel like you're connecting to, to yeah. God or a higher power. And then that once that like, fizzles out. They what I feel like I keep hearing from people and I think even so in my own despite where I'm at or what I might say I believe. It's like I feel like when you lose that where you're like, God, I remember sitting down and feeling like I was really connecting to this like this source. Um yeah. and, and then when you like lose that, like it seems like I people are like I don't I don't even know how you get that back. Like I don't think you got honestly. Yeah it, it it feels like you can't oh well, i guess you you know i'm sure there's someone going through a church right now talking about how they got to rock bottom and then you know they got oh, saved yeah. again. so like the will this the the outliers but yeah for people who are genuinely searching and, and and trying to be um that aren't they're not just trying to throw everything out or keep everything they're on a legitimate path of like searching for for meaning uh and yeah. truth it's like when you do lose that feeling of uh, or that connection you like you look back on it and you f- even feel like was i just hyping myself up was this g- like a it's like a group thing it's like it 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 ends up being hard to like reconnect to that uh and some people end up shifting into like something like oh let me meditate and uh, yeah that, that grounds me i maybe people find more grounding practices than like that that constant like wanting to f- that euphoric i think uh that's i think that's probably what I'm trying to get at is like that connection that feels euphoric. Yeah. Uh, it feels yeah. It, looking back on my experiences, it feels like I had to manufacture it even in my private life. The things that I did to get to that point, uh, were very manufactured and, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean there's no truth in it or that there's something wrong with someone achieving that, what they perceive as a connection through those means. But, uh, all I know is that I feel like sometimes I miss that, even though I don't think I have any desire to try to recreate it anymore.
1: Yeah. Cause it, it feels so real when you're in it.
2: Like, yeah.
1: Even, even as like a 13, 14 year old, like I, I could feel what it was and I could feel that it did something to me. Like I could see all these people around me, especially like oh, they, they all feel this, I should be feeling this. And I remember that there were brief periods where I would get that like connection Um, but then a lot of the times it was more so like, well, they're getting this, they're getting this connection. I don't really feel like I have anything. Like I can just kind of pretend. So now I get these, uh, the Facebook memories from 12 years ago. I'm like, (laughs) it's something like, like trust in God. He'll carry you through it. And I'm like, Oh
2: God, (laughs) delete (laughs) <laughs> it's just
1: like things like that. It it takes me back to like, that was either super genuine. And I really felt like that at the moment, or I saw other people posting things like that. And I'm like, well, I, I can't be the only one not doing it. So it was, it was either like a product of being around those type of people and having that be my whole life, or
0: it was genuine. I think it was a little bit of both for a while. Yeah. Hey, that's a, uh... That beats my Facebook memories, where it's just like statuses of me being like, "Obama has this country on a death march towards <laughs> communism."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually just checked mine to see if I said anything good uh, you know, on this day years ago, and unfortunately, I don't. It's okay. just a picture of my cats. But uh-huh.
0: well, all right, now I got to check.
1: Yeah, I let's got see. That.
2: Let's let's see what you <laughs> got, I Casey. You got to check yours, Casey? Why don't I don't
0: I? have. A, I don't think I have access to my old profile anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I killed. I killed the old me. <laughs> do you guys?
1: Do you want to hear one thing that got me in a lot of trouble from Facebook back in the church days? Oh yes. So this is. It's very blasphemous. So if people are not not looking to hear this, that's fine. They can skip past. But. Uh, when I was like 16 or 17 I was really kind of getting on my way out like I wasn't wasn't into church at all and I was just hanging out with my friends from Coldstone and just becoming more into punk and that kind of stuff like I was real big in the ska for a little bit there was there was definitely a ska phase there so
0: <laughs> you made <laughs> so, it through those
1: dark days oh yeah that was my second show ever was a real big fish show that was <laughs> my, first yeah. my first mosh pit was real big fish but Uh, so I remember one of my friends, like I was, he was basically my best friend, took me to all these shows. I remember I sent him a photo of, it was, picture this in your mind's eye, if you will. It was Jesus having sex with Jesus. And the caption was Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) I posted it on my friend's wall and I didn't understand how Facebook worked at that time. I got a talking to from my father my grandma saw it oh (laughs) no (laughs) and my dad took me on a walk he was like you know what I'm talking to you about right I'm like I have no idea (laughs) I wish I just
2: looked at porn instead god (laughs)
1: damn it oh there are plenty of stories (laughs) about that too like that was whole. oh well I mean this isn't necessarily anything to do with uh church but Thirteen years ago, I posted a story that says, "Coming to you live from the Mac Store,
3: woo!" <laughs> this is why that's, that's as why dark as the
2: part. <laughs> Amazing! Yikes. I feel like a
0: mosh pit at a ska show is probably just dudes like curtsying Skanky. and tipping their fedora to each other. Oh, God,
1: I yeah. I remember
0: being front row for like maybe a
1: song. Until this like six foot four, like two fifty pound guy was grinding up against me, I'm like, "You you can have this spot. That's fine." <laughs>
0: you didn't let him finish. <laughs> he <laughs> may like a have, dog.
1: I-, I was none the wiser
0: if he did, but <laughs> got a little Mississippi leg hound in him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so okay, so we gotta talk about music because you're the death yeah. ninja. Like
2: music what's, and ninja uh, shit.
1: Uh-huh. That's so, that's the one thing that kind of like makes me a little bit different. That's that was the big reason why I wanted to go with it.
0: So did you start with Christian rock or did you never really oh, uh, go down that road? Oh no,
1: that was that was what we started with. So um when we moved to Venezuela, the uh the only thing that my dad really had for us was Point of Grace. Do you guys remember that band? It was like yep. all female, yep. So we had point of grace, had a little bit of a beat to it, and that was about it. Um, My uncle was the bad influence. He got us into Skillet.
0: Yes. Ooh. Yep. It's got to be old days Skillet. You remember what else?
1: Uh huh. So he got us into um, what was the one that had like the snake on it, the like yellowish album cover. Do you guys remember that one? Oh. Um... It was like one of their first ones where it was still like super Jesus y and like very, very. Oh.
2: Uh... So I, actually, up I did not get. Into skillet. Really? Um yeah, I missed that the bone on that.
1: Rock bands that I actually like listened to. So the first the first album that I heard was uh Comatose. That was like the first one. Like yes. they, my uncle gave us the live CD version of that, and I thought it was the greatest thing. Collide. That's Collide. That That's a good
0: a, album. It was
1: a pretty good album. Like it wasn't bad, but I remember like just sitting and listening to that album over and over and over again the live version. Cause that was like all that we had. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And my dad was like, don't tell your mom. I'm like, don't, don't <laughs> let her know that you listen to this. Cause my dad was like big into Van Halen when he was growing up. Like he was like, he was a rocker. Like there's a photo of him in a leather jacket and aviators at PCC. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way that you were just the good, the good Baptist boy. Like there's
0: no way. So <laughs>
1: He, he was, was riding
0: like, one of those real boxy, like, 80s crotch rockets, and it's, like, uh, Highway to the Danger Zone playing in yep. Walkman. <laughs> he was telling me about a friend who used to have, like, the big Van
1: Halen logo painted on the hood of his car, and they used to, like, go... He, like, he said that this friend would go follow them around. I'm like, somehow I feel like you were that friend.
3: I have a feeling.
1: <laughs> but... Yeah. So like it was skillet at the start Um, from there, it kind of like slowly devolved into uh, like, I think the extent of that was really just like uh, anything Christian related with that was generally around skillet. Like that was all we had in Venezuela. So by the time we were moving back to the States, my oldest sister was finding things like all American rejects and fallout boy and my chemical romance and things like that. So I had like a twinge of that. I remember listening to the a adieu album by fallout boy, just like a thousand times over and over again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I love fallout boy for a minute. Oh my God. They were fantastic. Up until like they broke up and like, I think it was their last album. I was like, meh. but yeah. then they broke up and then, I thought their legacy was great. And then they came back and were just like a manufactured pop band. And I fucking was like, this is yeah. like, this a sucks. cash grab. I, whatever. I mean, he made his bag, so I'm not going to. Yeah.
1: Do what you got to do. shade
2: yeah, too much, but. Fallout me, Boy walked,
1: like- so Imagine Dragons could run. Yes. Yeah. you goddamn right. Um, <laughs> so there was like that brief period where I would just like steal my sister's iPod and listen to all American rejects and my chemical romance and stuff like that. But I, I got to hand it to my older sister. Like she, she found things like she found tooth and nail records. Mm Yeah. she would get like letters and like emails from them with like the free sampler packs. And, uh, um, she would like go to the library and get CDs. Like she would rent CDs, burn copies, bring them back. And she would just have, this collection of music that no one in the family knew about except for me. And the tooth and nail stuff was wild because it would be like Emery. It would be uh, the classic crime. It would be under oath and like all these like just wild bands that was so far removed from anything that I've ever heard before. Just the craziest thing in the world. So it kind of went from that. And then my friend showing me bands like MXPX and bless the fall and, all that kind of stuff. It eventually just turned into Slipknot, Disturbed, all this kind of stuff and just got worse and worse over time.
3: <laughs> my, my Pandora playlist
1: got more and more intense. I remember there was a girl that I liked when I was like 15 or 16 and her mom was like picking us up from the mall and I had just discovered Slipknot's Untitled album and i thought it would be a great idea to impress her by putting this on and <laughs> never heard from her again <laughs> it was like i forget the name of the song i think it was the one where they just say fuck like 60 times in a row so that was that's yeah. what i thought would get me in It wasn't going to get me laid i didn't quite understand the the concept of that yet but <laughs> i that's was so funny
2: did it you was play in drive. the car like that? Her mom was driving.
1: Oh
3: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah! Was, what yeah, a nightmare, he's, dude! You <laughs> fucked
2: up, Meg. <big. laughs>
1: she was probably so like nervous like, that what? whole
3: time.
1: Oh my, <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my god, it was yeah.
1: That was that was me coming out of my still kind of homeschool phase.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the lack of social awareness is like, yep. this will be cool. This will make me look cool. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, love I, man, I wish you could like, I wish you could zoom out and watch yourself. Oh, be no, yourself.
1: That's, <laughs> that's that's why I don't think about this stuff anymore. I'm like, I was an absolute <laughs> animal back then. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this. I try to focus on me now. I feel like I'm kind of OK, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> semi-adjusted, but that's why this has been like so out of my head for so long Is like I just didn't. I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want it to be a part of my life. Like it for a long time, it just didn't exist. Like yeah. the whole Venezuela thing just wasn't a thing. So it feels like a lifetime ago to like kind of revisit all this stuff. And that's why like, I really, really enjoy this show. Like I love going back through your guys' episodes and listening. Cause it's all this stuff that like, Oh, I remember that. I remember something like this. I remember them talking about things like this. Like it's just such a weird blast from the past that I've been, blocking out of my brain for a really long time so it's it's a good thing i think i needed to revisit all this stuff to kind of <laughs> realize
2: it's been, be, uh, it's been fun being able to help people unlock some of their most cringe memories
1: <laughs> yep that's that's a lot of what it comes down to and we didn't know it was cringe at the time but god damn it
0: <laughs>
2: here Dude,
1: we
0: are
2: yeah most of it not anyways so how'd you end up getting into the uh the american ninja warrior stuff i think that's oh, yeah. really neat and like you watch it on tv and you you everyone thinks like how do you fucking even get there uh also i yeah. think everyone watches that on tv and they're they're well i feel like i've only ever really watched more the beginning stages of it um yeah. i know the obstacle courses like really ramp up and get even more and more difficult yeah. as time goes on, and uh, but I'm like I feel like people have this like self confidence where they watch it and they're like, look, I know I'm out of shape, but I if I, I, if I really started working out, I think in a couple of years, I I could probably do some of that. You know, I oh, think yeah. I'd be able to do that. And then uh, like you keto's know, in their belly button, like I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> they're real cry sure about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um. And then I take my kids to the playground and do the monkey bars one time and wake up the next day feeling like I just got hit by a truck. And I'm like, like oh, (laughs) couldn't.
3: (laughs)
1: It's, dude, it's been a journey. It's been just the weirdest thing. And this is me getting into this is the perfect example of why you just need to just try stuff because you have no idea what could be that thing. You're like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like you have no idea. Yeah. Basically, what happened was uh, my older sister used to watch G4 all the time and used to watch uh, the original Sasuke, which was like the Japanese version of it. Um, then we started watching the original seasons of American Ninja Warrior and like where it was still fresh. The hardest thing was jumping to a cargo net and climbing over. And uh, at one point, my dad and I were watching it. And he was like, I feel like you'd be kind of good at that. I'm like, I'm long and tall. I can reach stuff. It might be okay. So I'm like, all right. I didn't know like how I would do that. I didn't know how I'd go about it. So just on a whim, I looked up Ninja Warrior near me. I didn't know if there were actually gyms. I didn't know like what it was. I thought you just kind of had to practice on your own. You had to be good at parkour or something. You go to so, the local
0: dog obstacle course and run that uh-huh. for a while. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
0: hop through the poles. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: So the cra the craziest thing is like I looked it up and there was a there was a gym near me and it was near me. I used to deliver blood and urine specimens for the VA clinics for a while. Your so, own or other people's? Uh, other people's. I was I'm not a veteran and I appreciate those that are, but I, I I got I, I've been all over the place with work and I used to have to drive from Ocala to Orlando do these deliveries and deliver blood to like the main hub here in Orlando. And then I would commute back home. It paid better than any other job I had. So I'm like, fuck it. I guess we're doing this. So on my commute home, I found that there was a ninja gym nearby. Um, I checked it out one day after I got off work, drove by, I went in, people just kind of gave me these weird looks. I had talked to someone who came over from the class. I was like, Hey, so I'm kind of looking to get into like ninja stuff and, uh just kind of want to check it out. He was like, "Oh, you don't want to go here. You want to go to there's like an actual ninja gym that's opening up." I'm like, oh, "Is this not a ninja gym?" He's like, "Well, we do a lot of ninja here, but it's like kind of CrossFit too." I'm like, "Okay." That's a great way to Like there's someone inquiring about your business. You don't yeah, think he's a salesman. Like. <laughs> he's doing great. <laughs> but I appreciated it. He sent me to another place that was probably like a half hour away, kind of towards like the middle of Orlando. Um this is just straight up Ninja Warrior obstacles. None of that CrossFit bullshit. There was just one employee and the owners. And that was it. And uh, the employee was a guy that's kind of become one of my best friends now. His name is RJ Roman. He's been on the show for like five, six years now. Oh, um, wow. Well. Yeah. So he's he was one of the five people to make it to the last obstacle last year on the show and climb the rope. So like he's... Good, good.
0: Yeah. Oh, so I, I
3: and went. And he
1: let this-
0: you pay him in blood and urine. Uh huh. That's right. <laughs> I deliver his
2: blood and urine specimens for him. Couple of bags <laughs> go missing here and there. No one will notice. <laughs> it's honestly a perfect, like, way to. Well, I guess you'd be daylighting uh, if you were a vampire. <laughs> but I think for a vampire, it's a solid gig.
1: That'd be a pretty good job. That just the pee is extra, man. <laughs> you, got, you got those you got those kinks as a vampire i don't know what to tell you
2: i mean if you gotta trust tiktok it's there's it's an ad for that, that for you. life you gotta sure. drink your own pee mm-hmm. god or that or like drop it into your eyes or oh. give yourself a fucking urine enema it's <laughs> shit's That's getting like, wild now
1: one of my favorite podcasts is your mom's house and oh, the amount yeah. of times they bring up tiktoks of people drinking their urine it's just yep. I'm like, oh i didn't I figured that may have been like maybe two people in the whole country, but like it's every week they're like, check out this person who also drinks their piss. they are like, God damn it. (laughs) But we can't always white
2: women too. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) white women, but you're the only ones drinking pee.
1: (laughs) Or it's just like dudes who are way too muscular than they should be. They're like, well, this has holistic benefits. You're like, shut the fuck up. Like, you just do steroids. Like, just fucking stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat your liver pee. and shut up. <laughs> it's not the pee. Shut up, liver king. Uh, <laughs> so I, I went to this ninja gym and this dude, like it was, there was nobody there. They literally just opened. I met him. He looked like me, covered in tattoos, long hair, played in a band. I'm like, this is just fucking godsend. I'm like, I I can't get any better than this. So started working with him. um, And I just moved all around Florida during that time. So I didn't train as much during those first two years. But when I moved back to Orlando was when I really kind of started taking it seriously. I live like 20 minutes from the gym now, so I can just kind of go train whenever I'm free. And now I coach classes there for the last, like the last two seasons I've been on the show because I'm able to like spend more time with it. My first two submission videos were dog shit. So (laughs) I actually understood the way that I'm supposed to make a submission video. And I'm hoping we get back again next year. Because it's like, that's the one, this is the one thing in my life where I'm like, this is this is it. I'm like, this is what I want to be doing. Whether I'm the best at it or not. I'm not. But I'm like, this is something that I do enjoy doing. I love being on the show. I love being the edgy guy who has makeup on and scaring the children. Like, I think that's just fun. I think it's like, you know, I'm never going to win the million dollars. Like, that's that's kind of what it comes down to. But at the same time, I really enjoy just going out and swinging on some stuff.
2: It's yeah, the dude. one
1: in my life where I'm like, this is the best.
2: It's sick. That's you get awesome, to like man. participate in the competition of it. Yeah. Enjoy. I think even that headspace of like, you're not, you're not there to win a million dollars. Yeah. You're just there because you love it. Is what's I think really particularly awesome. Uh, it's like, I think the, so for the listeners, well, you've we've already given you the intro at this point, if you're listening to it, but uh, you, uh, you talked about the submission videos and your yeah. first two being bad. Uh, you had mentioned picking your, your name and your lane based on trying to find a way to to make yourself stand out so why don't you uh, yeah. <laughs> highlight that a little bit because oh, yeah, people yeah. always do. I do any reality show you watch where people like have to do any sort of uh whether it's like um god what's the one where people like slide down the giant thing at the beginning and then uh
1: oh is that Wipeout?
2: it it wasn't it wasn't Wipeout. out i think it was like comical uh, this was yeah. a less comical one but either way it's like they always most extreme like, have the, elimination that challenge. That one was also, that one was far, very funny. I don't know that that. God, what was that on? Uh, was that G four? Yeah, that was a G that something one. like G four show. That was, G4 was <laughs> hits,
1: man. I loved G four.
2: Um, uh, but yeah, the, people always pick like a like a personality, like this yeah. or that, or and it 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 kind of. I imagine that's what helps you get some airtime. Wow. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and. I think some people just go a little bit too far with it. I think ninety percent of the time it's just oh, look at me, I'm wearing this on my head. I'm gonna be this. It's just like it's way over the top. Like, I'm gonna wear a fish on my head and that I'm gonna be the fish ninja. You're like, oh, all right, that's just it's just like they're they're trying to pick something to just to be unique, but being unique Does- doesn't make you special.
2: <laughs> Does anyone wear the the Borat Unitard?
1: I fucking wish, and I think I might have to do that this season now.
2: (laughs) Please do. I'll
0: send you mine. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) hold on. Do we have have pictures of Casey in this? They're somewhere. Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This podcast just got way more interesting. I want to dive deep into this. Yeah. Not on U.S. soil. All right, all right. That's fair. But yeah, basically, with this show, like the only way that you're going to get Airtime and get on the show in the first place is you have to have an interesting story, whether it's a sob story or like overcoming adversity type of story, or you have to have a shtick, and that thing is going to be your whole personality the entire time you're on the show. It's never going to change. So basically, my first two videos, I my whole story was about my father and like the stuff we'd went through with the church and uh, the what he's dealing with now as an adult with his Parkinson's and dealing with that kind of stuff. Like that was my whole story. Like I just kind of had a sob story and that was it. Um, turns out I'm not great at making videos and I'm, <laughs> I, I needed practice and that wasn't enough to get me on the show for the first two years. But the, the season after I'm like, I'm just going to go full in on like the death metal thing. Cause that was my one thing where I'm like, I don't feel like I'm compromising. I don't feel like I'm being cheesy. Cause I'm like, this is something that I genuinely love and I want to be in music. I want to be a part of this. So I'm like, this is where I feel like I'm not compromising on anything. I'm not just picking a shtick to be on a TV show. I'm like, this is genuinely who I am. So mm-hmm. uh, that was the one thing that I felt like would work well. So um, my first time going out, I had black fingernails, eye makeup on second time I went out for semifinals, just went full corpse pain. People were like, what the fuck? They were like, because the person who <laughs> called me was like, we're just excited to have people that are kind of edgy on the show. I put that in my like description. I'm like, I feel like we need something that's a little less like happy go lucky and need to have a little bit of a little
2: edge on there. And do you get to pick a uh, music they play to come out? To That'd be fun. If you... Unfortunately, no. But one thing
1: that I'm actively working on is uh, I think I mentioned this to one of you guys over Instagram as we we're kind of like talking about it but I'm I've always wanted to sing and I've always wanted to like be in a band. So I'm working with a vocal instructor now and we're kind of building a cover song. So I'm this is my avenue of like kind of putting my voice out there and overcoming just me being afraid of singing in front of people. So we're putting this cover song out in the next month or two to just get me comfortable with it, but my friend RJ who has a band, they put his music behind some of his videos on the TV show and he still gets royalties for that. So like, if it's oh, something cool. that you create and that you own, then you can use it. But other than that, they kind of just toss whatever generic rock duty free new metal. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a puddle of mud cover or something. There it it's is. not great, <laughs> but that's, that's the goal for this season is I want to have something out that I can have kind of, behind me as a track and show that i'm like kind of growing not just me because i like metal i'm just putting my face paint on it's like this is what i like to do and what i want to pursue so it's the the storyline progresses yeah that's awesome i want to see every year uh, when
2: when do you try when's like the do you have to what do you have to try out again or resubmit or yeah yeah so
1: Every year you, doesn't matter if you've been on the show for like 10 years, like you always have to reapply. So you, it's basically like filling out a job application. It's just more personal. You're saying like what you do for work, uh, how long you've been an athlete, what sports you played, have you ever been a hero? What is the craziest thing you've ever done in your life? What's your athletic accomplishments? Like all this kind of stuff. And then you have to make a two to three minute video talking about you. And what that video is, is... They just want to see that you're good on TV. They don't give a fuck about your story. As long as you can be exciting and like fun to watch for two minutes, they're like, okay, then we want them on TV. Because that's what it is. It's a reality TV show. Like they nobody really cares about how amazing you are at Ninja. Like some of the best people, they will not get shown because they're just boring. Like they're Mm -hmm. great at Ninja, but there's no personality. So the thing that that they want to see. Yeah, it was, it's a TV show. Like they're not gonna put boring people up there. Like they they will have something exciting. So that's that's what really set it aside. When I realized that's what I was missing, I'm like, I just need to be more exciting and be who I am, but kind of step it up a little bit. So that's what I think really sets it aside. And submission videos have gone out. The deadline was the 16th, so we don't find out until like end of January. So there's a long waiting period where we're just kind of twiddling our thumbs. <laughs> hoping, praying to whatever God we believe in that <laughs> thing will come out of
2: it. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, I can't wait to, uh, uh fingers crossed that you'll be on this season. Cause I'll definitely Thanks. be, I've never like, it's one of those things that it's on and you, if it's on and you turn it on, you always are like, this is really fucking cool. I love yeah. watching it, but like, you don't think it, about it otherwise. Uh, yeah, I don't. And, but it'll be, but now I will be, and I'm, I'm definitely, uh, looking forward to it so keep us posted on that man
1: absolutely and that that, the last season I feel like they always keep the last season on Hulu because there was a whole bunch of uh, scandal going on a couple years ago I don't know if you guys ever heard of that Mm -mm. I don't think so yeah so there was a gentleman who was having relations with an underage girl and he won one of the seasons so they had to wipe everything that involved him So you can't find anything. You can't find seasons like three through eleven on YouTube. You can't find it on Peacock, no streaming services, you can find them on. So they just wiped it all. But Hulu. Crystalia of (laughs) obstacle courses. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That the whole Crystalia thing was insane anyway. But you can always find like the last season on Hulu. And that was I had a couple minutes of airtime. And that was kind of exciting. So we're we're hoping for something more this year. I feel yeah, ready. I feel
0: confident. I feel like comfortable with what I have, so I'm excited to be a part of it. What what is the worst thing, like the the worst uh, obstacle that you have to do? Oh,
1: um, anything where you have to like carry something with you. I have two of my least favorite. We have to carry something with you, which is like you bring a bar with you places. Like oh yeah. One obstacle that I fell on last year in qualifiers was they had this big wheel and there's little notches on the wheel. So you would hop the bar up. It would move the wheel forward. You'd have to hop it up again, move the wheel forward. Insane. Um, And then you'd have to hop it over like a foot long gap in the wheel. So if you missed, you just went straight into the water and that's, that's what I did. So anything you have to move and then cliffhangers where you have like an inch of space, you have to kind of like shimmy across and I have gargantuan fingers so it's a lot harder for me to just hang by little bits of finger (laughs) those are my two least favorite things
0: but you need these little smokies man
1: (laughs) that's i can't explain to you how upsetting it is with all of my friends who are like five six five seven their hands are like half the size of mine and they just they're good they don't feel tired. They don't feel exhausted. I go across like a foot and I'm like
0: pumped out. I'm like, I can't move my hands. It's so unfair. And yeah, we are natural athletes, you know, <laughs> very dangerous over short distances.
1: Yeah. You guys build <laughs> muscle a lot easier. It's upsetting.
3: <laughs> I have the, uh,
1: five 5'4 and her lats are like just gigantic. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I've worked for like seven years to build whatever this is and two years of training. And I'm like, God damn it.
3: <laughs> well,
2: I don't know if you've seen Tim Lambesis's transformation, but... Oh my God. You, you could always, you know, follow you in his the footsteps. The road yeah. to success. And, that's what I call yeah, it.
1: Yeah, try to kill your <laughs> wife and then just work out in prison. You're good.
2: But you're good because you're... You know, you're not married, so you don't have a wife to kill, and you don't have kids, uh, yet, mm. as far as I know. Maybe you do. They really no, complicate a not. murder plot. Yeah. <laughs> no. Steroids, I don't know. They just might go a long way. I'm not advocating for right. them, but I'm obviously, uh, promoting them is I'm, there a difference i don't think so try the urine first so. that's my yeah. advice yeah the
1: I urine did, therapy might work better i i prefer to keep my my dick and balls the size that they're at right now we don't we don't want to shrink them anymore <laughs>
3: i did just <laughs> no, see a video of,
2: of a person uh you know wearing a trash bag and and then collecting their sweat and drinking it afterwards so i think that uh-huh. might help you too oh my god oh, which bullshit is that and uh it was wild. I it was would. like, it was like at least like a Coke bottles worth of sweat too. Right. Oh, like, and he God. just right down the gullet. That's what almost killed Martin Lawrence.
3: Oh, he drank uh, his own sweat.
0: That what a stupid reference, but he, he passed out running in like a, like a snowsuit in the middle of LA or something like that. <laughs> trying to <laughs> cut weight for a movie. Then, <laughs>
1: There's nothing I hate more than that. Like people who go just way extra to sweat even harder when they're working out. I'm like, if you're doing it properly, I promise you, you don't need to wear like a a suit that looks like a trash bag to sweat
2: even more. I'm like, you don't need it. And you're like just losing water weight. You're going to get that back after you drink yeah. a glass of water. I mean, maybe it elevates your heart rate if you're trying to like, I don't know. It just seems... um.
3: There are better ways excessive.
2: yeah.
1: killing yourself.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. It feels that way. Plus you smell like <laughs> summer camp duffel bag. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's been great meeting you. Thanks for, oh uh, thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you guys so much for letting me be a part of this. Again, like this, this is just awesome to be here. I love like kind of revisiting this stuff. I love listening to you guys. It just, brings back memories not necessarily good not necessarily bad but it's fun to revisit all this kind of stuff and it's means a lot thank you guys so much for having me on here
0: yeah man Yeah, we appreciate that absolutely thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time